91. Book of Psalms chapter 91. And we're also going to look at Psalms chapter 27. Uh, so keep both of these Psalms handy as we will look at both Psalms chapter 91 and Psalms chapter 27. We'll look at both of these this morning. The title of my message this morning is The Secret Place. The Secret Place. How many of you here this morning have ever had a secret place? All of you. Secret place where you hide things from your husband. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Amy used to have a monkey bowl. It was a little monkey and it was a little bowl and you, you know, she put all the receipts in there, you know. I'm just I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. All right. Yeah, I want to talk to you this morning about the secret place. And so we've all uh, many of us here this morning have had a a secret place, a place that maybe we went to that no one knew about. A place that maybe we uh, where we went to where we could go that we knew we got there and we could be alone. It was a place that we could go to and we could be alone. A place that we could go to the, uh, to think and contemplate on things and ponder on things. Uh, a secret place that where we could go that maybe that was a place where we felt safe. Uh, a place that where we could actually, in essence, get away from life, so to speak. A secret place to ourselves. Uh, maybe there was a secret place that you liked to go because maybe it was just a really beautiful place. Uh, and you could go there and you could think and you could spend time with God or just think about whatever it is that was going on in your life uh, and whatever situation that was happening. A secret place that you can just go and just spend time with God and spend time with uh, yourself. It was a place that you felt comfortable with. And so oftentimes, uh, all of us uh, at some point uh, in our lives have had a secret place, or even still do now, uh, have a place that we like to go to for these things. There was a little, uh, little boy one day, a young man, young boy, uh, who after his chores were done, uh, after dinner, he would always disappear for about an hour. He was always gone. After dinner, he would always disappear for about an hour. Uh, and everyone, after a little while, began to wonder, uh, where in the world is this little boy going? Where, where is he going? So finally his father asked him one day. And he said, son, uh, where is it that you keep going after dinner? And the boy said, to the secret place. The father asked him, well, why do you go there? And the little boy replied, he, said, he replied, he said, well, I go there and I spend time with God. The father sat there for a little while and he looked up at the little boy and he said, where is this secret place? And the boy said, well, it's just out there in the middle of everything. And the father sat there for a few minutes, didn't say anything else. Well, the next day, the little boy after dinner goes off to go to his secret place. The father, with his curiosity within him, says, I must go find out where this secret place is. And so he follows his son after dinner. And he saw this little boy, he saw his son retreat to a lonely place out in the woods where he just sat upon a stump beside an old logging road. And the father saw him sitting there and he walked up and he said, Son, he said, this isn't a secret place. He says, everybody knows where this place is. And the boy said, yes, father, they do. The secret place is open to everyone, but it's a secret place because no one ever comes to visit. Mm. So I want to talk to you this morning about getting into the secret place. The secret place. Oftentimes when we think about if we think about this illustration of this little boy, in our Christian lives, we know where the secret place is. We know what the secret place is. We know how to get there, but it's oftentimes a place that we seldom visit. Everybody knows where it's at, but it's a secret because nobody ever goes. Nobody ever sees it. So I want to talk to you this morning about getting into the secret place. And why is it so important that we spend time in the secret place? All of us here this morning are busy people. Amen? 
All of us here this morning have things that we do in our lives that we have to do, need to do, and want to do. All of us here this morning have all kinds of time for everything. But I think what we need to understand is that if we don't have time for God, then we have time for too many other things. Amen? If we don't have enough time to get into the secret place with God, then our time is too expended. The secret place. Why is it so important to be there? Why is it so important to go there? The secret place is where battles are won and it's where lives are changed. It is where battles are won and lives are changed in our life. And so if we want to win the spiritual battles that are in our life, if we want to have a if we want to let our lives be changed by the Lord Jesus, then it is a must that we spend time in the secret place. I want to share with you this morning three truths on what the believer can find in the secret place. What can the believer find in the secret place? And let's read Psalm 91 verse 1. The Bible says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. The secret place. The Bible has a couple of names for it. We'll look at the other name for it here in just a little while. The secret place refers to the Holy of Holies. It is a place that was off limits to everyone but the high priest in the Old Testament. If you remember, in the Old Testament, they would set up the tabernacle. The tabernacle was the house of God. It was the house of God. It was the dwelling place of God where they would have... Uh, the Ark of the Covenant that sat in the Holy of Holies, which was the secret place. And so that's what the secret place refers to. It refers to uh, the place where God is. Where God is. And so what I want us to understand this morning, what I want us to learn from this message this morning, and God has been, been impressing me on my heart for several weeks now uh, to bring a message on the secret place, not just for y'all, but for me. And so God's been saying and pressing on my heart, Brian, you need to get in that secret place more often than what you are. You need to get in that secret place because it's in that secret place is where your battles are won and where your life has changed. And so we need to understand this morning that we need to get into the secret place of God. We need to get to that place that was only in the Old Testament that was only able to be accessed by the priest himself, by the high priest. But the Bible shows us in the book of Matthew that whenever the Lord Jesus died on the cross and, and the temple was and the rocks were torn twain and, and, the, uh, and the veil of the temple was ripped from top to bottom, showing that it was something that God had done, not man had done. It wasn't ripped from the bottom up, it was ripped from the top to the bottom, showing that this was from heaven, not from man. And so God opened the doorway. God opened the opened the area to the secret place to all of us today because all of us are priests in God. And so what we need to do is get into the secret place. Get into that place. Uh, get into the, the place where, where God is, where we can have fellowship and have the communion that we need to have with the Lord Jesus. Now all of us here, as I've said already, have busy lives. Man, we have things that is constantly going on in our lives. But if we neglect the secret place, we neglect the most important place that we could ever take, that we could ever have in our life. Now, we go home to our, every day when you get off work, we do what? You go home, right? Well, you would not go home, would you? If you didn't go home, somebody at your house would say, something's not right here, right? <laughs> somebody say, hey, praise the Lord. No. no, but if we didn't go home, somebody would say, hey, something's not right here. Somebody's supposed to be here and they're not here. And whenever we don't go to the secret place and we don't spend time with God, what do, what do we think God says? Hey, they're supposed to be here and they're not here. If you didn't show up at your home for a couple of days, even that night, but if you didn't show up for a week, somebody would file a missing persons report, wouldn't they? Well, let me ask you this. 
Could a missing person's report be filed on you this morning for not being in the secret place? Could God sign something and say, look, uh, uh, Brian, Pastor Brian hasn't been in the secret place. I haven't seen him here for a week now. Somebody needs to go find out where he's at. Why? Why would he do that? Because he loves me, right? That's exactly right. And because he loves you as well. And so what I want us to get this morning out of this message more than anything else is to understand that the secret place is so important because there's so many things that we can learn and get out of the secret place. The secret place, as I said, was off limits to everyone in the Old Testament uh, except for the high priest. And he could only enter there once a year. Once a year. But aren't you glad this morning that in this New Testament day of grace that God has allowed every day, that every day is a day that you can have access to the secret place. That you can have access to God Himself. Amen. Amen. So every day we can have access to the secret place. The secret place was a place that no other man dared to enter because the penalty was death. The penalty was death. The Holy of Holies, as I stated before, was a place where the presence of God dwelt and the glory of God could be seen. It was here that God took David during the battles of his life. David would get into the secret place of God and he would commune with God. When David found himself shut up with God, he was shut off from the world around him. And isn't that where we as Christians need to be today? Man, I tell you what, when you get to that secret place, wherever it is, whether whether it's up here in these mountains somewhere, whether it's in your house or wherever it is, and and you get there by yourself and you say, all right, God, I want to get into the secret place with you this morning. You know what I did this morning? I went down to my office because God's been impressed me so much on my heart. I went down to my office this morning and I sat there in my office and I put my hands together and I said, God, and I began to envision myself going through a door and envisioning nothing there but just me talking to God. Nothing was around me but walls. The door was shut and nothing was around me but, the, but walls. And I said, God, I am shutting myself into the secret place because here I want to spend time with you this morning. And man, wherever it is that you go, wherever it is that you can retreat to, We need to spend time in that secret place. In the secret place. Because in the secret place is where lives are changed and is where our spiritual battles, where our spiritual battles are won. In the king's home, the secret place was often referred to as the private room of the king. In the king's house, the the king actually had a place for him there and it was called the secret place and it was a place that only the king was and you couldn't get in that secret place unless you were invited by the king himself. And that's the other amazing thing about the secret place is that when the Lord Jesus died on that cross and He opened up the secret place to everybody, He invited the secret place He invited everyone to the secret place. It was open to everyone. Just like the little boy said in that story. Yeah, Dad, this is the secret place. Yeah, it's, it's open to everybody. It's open to everybody. Just as the Lord Jesus has opened up the secret place for you and I. And to everyone else. Everybody here this morning has access to that. And as the king's sons and daughters in Christ, the Lord... Jesus has invited us all to come into and dwell in the secret place. Notice that's what he says. He says there in Psalm 91, look what he says. He says, he that dwelleth in the secret place. You know what that word dwell means? It don't mean just to come by and just say hello. It doesn't mean just to pass by just because you know where it's at. That word dwelleth there means to abide or remain or to stay. In other words, God is saying, look, the one that dwells in this, the one that dwells in this secret place will be under the shadow of the Almighty. It means I want you to come by and stay. I don't want you to just uh, I don't want you to uh, just to come by and visit for a while and be gone. Man, this is where I want you to dwell in the secret place. If you do, you dwell at your house, right? That's what you call your home, right? You call your dwelling place your home, right? That's where you live. And so God says, look, 
what I want you to do is I want you to dwell in the secret place. I want you to call this home. Man, I want this to be just like home to you. I want, I want you to be with me just like it's, like it's home to you, just like you would go home to your, to your house and the place you call home. I want you to call this right here home. I want you to be right here with me and I want you to be right here with me. I want you to call that home. The dwelling, the he that dwelleth in the secret place. But notice, that is also a condition. It says, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. You know what that means? That means it's up to you to decide if you're going to go there. Because not all of us do all the time, do we? And I believe all of us here can admit this morning that we don't spend enough time in the secret place as we should. But it says that he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So in other words, it's a decision that you have to make. It's a decision you have to make. But it's also... But also notice what he says. He says, the one that dwells there is under the shadow of the Almighty. Now to be under the shadow of something, you have to be what? Close to it, right? Generally speaking. To be under a shadow of something, you have to be close to it, right? I remember we was walking to church one day and Bryce was walking beside of me and I was thinking about all these things and he was walking beside of me and my shadow, he was walking... Uh, I can't remember what side, but he was just walking beside of me and my shadow was cast over top of his and I couldn't even see his shadow. And I began to think about this. And I thought, you know what? He is under, he's in, he's in my shadow. Why he's in, why he's in my shadow is because, uh, but, well, because I'm, I'm bigger than he is, yes. But he's so close to me that I, he's so close to me that you can't even see him. And so whenever we get into the secret place when we get into the secret place what we see is is that we get so close to God we get so close to God that his shadow overwhelms us and overshadows us so God says look I want you to be so close to me I want you to be right here and I want you to call that home I want you to call that your dwelling place your dwelling place What an amazing thing. What an awesome thing that the God of the universe would actually call me, would actually invite me, would actually ask me, the sinner that I am, to come into the secret place and spend time with Him. What an awesome thing. The secret place is so important. And if you don't, Get into the secret place. If you don't have a habit of getting into the secret place, and I encourage you to do that this morning. I encourage you to do that. Hold your place here and look at Psalm 27. Look at Psalm 27. Look at verse 5. Psalm 27, verse 5. Notice what he says. He says here, For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place, in the secret of his tabernacle, shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. The tabernacle, as I've already illustrated this morning, is in reference to the Old Testament tabernacle. And it was the earthly house of God. And the secret place in that tabernacle, as I have said, was the Holy of Holies. It was the private room of the king. But notice what it says here in verse 5. He says, For in the time of trouble, in the time of trouble, it said we often go to the secret place when we are what? In the time of trouble. And so the first truth we see that we find in the secret place this morning is security. Security. We find security in the secret place. And we go there in our time of trouble, but not just that. Man, we don't just, oftentimes what we use is we use God as a spare tire. We put Him away up underneath the car and we don't want nothing to do with Him until we have a hard time. And then we get a hard time, we get the tire out, you know, we, uh, and we go on about our lives. And then whenever we're all good and done, we, we just put the tire back in the car where nobody can see it. Covered up, right? And oftentimes that's how we use God. We use God as a spare tire in our lives. Let me ask you this. If you had a friend of yours, somebody that loved you with all their heart, and would do anything in the world for you, and the only time that you ever done anything for them, and the only time that 
that you ever done anything for them is whenever you or needed anything was whenever you was having a hard time. And because they love you so much, because they love you so much, they would do anything in the world for you. They'd help you out. But the only time they ever saw you was whenever you needed them. Now, how would you feel if you had a friend that treated you like that? You know what you'd say? You know what you do after a little while? You'd say, I don't need nobody like that in my life. I don't need nothing like that. But you know what? In our lives, we use God the same way. We use Him as a spare tire. And the only time we use God is when we're in the time of trouble. Now, I'm not saying we don't go to God when we're in trouble. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying we just don't use God when we're in trouble. We use God because we love Him. We spend time with God because we want to be in the secret place. Because that is where our battles are won and our lives are changed. And we wouldn't want to be used like that. And so we got to think, how does God feel whenever we use Him like that? But man, what an awesome thing He says. In the secret place, we find security. That is the first truth that we find in the secret place. And the Bible says in here in verse 5, He says, in the time of trouble, He's going to do what? Hide me. He's going to hide me. In His what? In His pavilion. In His pavilion. Hide me in His pavilion. And that is the second truth that we're going to find this morning. Because we're going to see that in a secret place, not only do we find security, but we find deliverance. We find deliverance. Deliverance. He says in God's pavilion, He said, For in the time of trouble, He shall hide me in His pavilion. In His pavilion. Mm. Hold your place there. Look back at Psalm 91. Look in verse 2. Psalm 91 verse 2. Notice what the Bible says. He says, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. Now why would David say that? Why would the psalmist say that? Because he understood that in his time of trouble that he could go to the place of refuge. He could go to a a place that he could call his fortress. And that he knew that while he was there, what did he say there in the last part after he said that? He said there, My God, in Him will I trust. And so he went to the secret place for security because he knew that God could take care of him. He went to the secret place uh, for deliverance, to be delivered out of the enemy's hands. To be delivered out of the enemy's hands. Look at Psalm 27. Let's read verse 5 again. He says, For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. The king's pavilion is in essence the same thing as the secret place. Back in the, back in the ancient days, what the armies would do is when an army would come in and they would invade another country, what they would do is they would erect the king's pavilion. The king's pavilion was a tent that sat out in the middle of everything. And his army would camp out all around that tent. All around that tent. And so the safest place to be on the battlefield, or right away from the battlefield, was in the king's pavilion. That was the safest place to be. Because, the, because his army was encircled and encamped around about the king's pavilion. And so what we see here is that we not only have, we have security because when we go to the secret place, we're in, we're in the, the encampment there with God, but we also get deliverance because as we're in there, in the fellowship with God, out there in the middle of everything, with the army, God's army surrounded around us, we're out there and the safest place that we could possibly be. And God says, look, as my children, hey, as your children, you want your kids to be in the safest place they can, right? That's exactly right. And when they're not there, what do you do? Where are they at? you constantly thinking about them, worried about them, what's going on, what's happening, right? God loves you as your son, as a son, and as a daughter. And don't you think He thinks the same about you as well? Man, where's Brian at today? Where did he go? God wants you to be in the secret place. He wants you to be in His pavilion. 
safest place that you could possibly be, away from the battle, surrounded by the armies of God, out there in the king's pavilion, out there in the king's tent. And only those who were fortunate enough to be allowed to enter the king's pavilion were protected by those soldiers. And you know what the king would do with those who were uh, invited to the king's pavilion? They were entertained there, especially by the king in the king's pavilion. They was able to eat with him. They was able to fellowship with him. And isn't that what God desires in our life? To have that with us? And so God and so David says here in Psalm 27, in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. He shall hide me when things is going on in my life no matter what it is. Uh, God said he would hide me. He would hide me in his pavilion, the, the safest place that there could ever be away from the enemy in the time of trouble. Something else that I want you to see is the word hide there means, that word hide there means to treasure away. That's what the word hide there means. That word hide there means to treasure away. And the Bible refers you, refers him here as a, as a child of God, refers David here as, as, a, as like a treasure that God doesn't want anything to happen to it. And so you know what he does? He hides it away. You have treasures at home? Things that you care about? A lot of people have, have, a, have what they call a, uh, uh, what, a safe box at home that you put your stuff in. Why do you put your stuff in there? Because you care about it, right? It means something to you. You put it in there because you want to keep it safe because it means something to you. You hide it away, right? Well, that's exactly what we see here in that word hide. That word hide there means to treasure away. And when David said he, had, he would hide me, he was talking about, he was in essence trying to show us that, look, God uh, hides you like his treasure. He doesn't want anything to happen to you. He doesn't want any harm to come to you. And so what he's going to do is he's going to hide you in his pavilion, hide you in his secret place, tuck you away right here so that no harm can come to you. What an awesome thing. What an awesome thing to know that whenever we go to the secret place that we can find such security. Find such security. And also find such great deliverance in our times of trouble. Find such great deliverance in our times of trouble. The devil would love nothing more than to take you away from God. You know that? You know that? If the devil himself could pluck you out of the hand of God, the devil would love nothing more than to snatch you away and take you away and to ruin your life. However, no matter how fortified the enemy can be against the secret place, the devil can summon the forces of the darkness of hell. He can summon the darknesses of, of hell on your life. He can summon the, the demons of hell on your life. He can blow the, the trumpet and signal the battle call on your life. But when the believer is in the secret place, the believer is in God's pavilion, and there is where he will find security, and there is where he will find deliverance, there is where he will find fellowship. There is where he will find uh, the, the victory to the spiritual battles in his life. There is where his life will be changed. Amen. Amen. And so we need to get into the secret place, God's pavilion. And be with God. And be with God. And no matter what the devil brings up against you in your life, when you were in the secret place, when you're in the secret place, man, there is not. Whenever Jesus commanded the demons to come out of the man, come out of the the people in the Old Testament, what did those demons do? They came out, didn't they? Why? Because they knew they didn't have the power over the Lord Jesus Christ. They knew they had no authority over Him. They knew they couldn't have. They knew they couldn't uh, that their power was no match for the Lord Jesus. And so no matter what the devil summons against you in your life, man, you, you get into the secret place. Get into the secret place of God in God's pavilion. And there you will find protection. There you will find deliverance and all uh, of these other things that we have discussed this morning. Mm. Look back at Psalm 91. Look 
at verse 1 again. He says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Verse 2, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge. He is my fortress. He is my God. Notice how the psalmist there is showing how that God is all these things. Him, he is, He's my refuge. He is my fortress. He is my God. Then he goes down to verse 3. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. David says, In Him will I trust there. That's what it says there in verse 2. You know, during vacation Bible school, the kids learned this week to trust in Christ because He is trustworthy. You know, that's what they learned this week. The kids learned this week to trust in Christ because He is trustworthy. And David understood that God, that God was a God that he could trust. And that's why he said, Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. And that's in Psalm 27, referring to when he was in the secret place. David said, when I'm in the secret place, no matter what's going on around me, no matter what's encamped against me, my heart shall not fear. My heart shall not fear. And so whatever it is that is going on in your life, Man, whenever we get into the secret place, there we will find a place when we get along with God and when we trust in God and we trust in His security, when we trust in His deliverance, that is when our hearts, that is when our hearts can be free of fear. You don't fear of something that you trust in, do you? No, I sure don't. We don't fear things we trust in. But we fear things we don't trust in. And so when David said, look, I, I trust. I trust in Him. And when I get in that secret place, when I get in that secret place, when I get in the pavilion of God, I trust that when I get there, that God's going to protect me like He said He would. And that I'm going to have all these things that God said I could have. And I'm going to trust. And I'm not going to fear while I'm there. And I don't care what's going on. I don't care what's camped around about me. I don't care what's going on out there. While I'm in here, I ain't worried about none of that. I ain't worried about none of that. And that's why whenever I, when we come in here in the mornings, on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights, whatever, when we come in here and we spend time with God, out there doesn't make a hill of beans right now. doesn't make a hill of beans. Because when we come in here, you know what we're doing in here? We're getting in the secret place. That's what we're doing here. That's what we're doing in here. Getting into the secret place to where God can speak to our hearts. And we can have fellowship with Him. Something that we have to understand this morning, I know all of you do, is that the Bible tells us that the devil is a roaring lion out there seeking whom he may devour. This lion has no mercy. This lion, the devil, the Bible speaks of, can care less about you. He can care less about your family. He can care less about your children. He can care less about anything that has to do with you as long as he can ruin your life. That's all that matters to him. That's all that matters. And when you get into the secret place, when you get into the secret place, when I was there this morning, and I was there in my office, and I sat down there at my desk, and I put my hands together, and I envisioned myself coming to that secret place, I also, in my mind, had the thought of demons doing everything they could to keep me from getting in. That's why I said I put up walls around me and the door was shut, it was bolted and it was locked and there was nothing coming in. Because I was bound and determined to get my mind in the secret place this morning. And when you get in the secret place, don't you think for one minute that the devil's not going to be hot on your trails to do everything he can to keep you out. There will be all kinds of disturbances you can think of. <laughs> devil probably make the phone ring. You ever done that? You try to get spend time with God, the phone rings. Try to spend time with God, the devil pinches the baby, so he cries. Now you got to spend 10 minutes, 15 minutes with that. The next thing you know, somebody comes over. You never got in a secret place. And then you forgot, oh, i got to do the laundry. Oh, now i got to do this. Oh, now i got to do that. Then you lay your head down at night and you say, you know what? I never did get in that secret place. That happens to us all. That happens to all of us. But the devil will do everything he can to keep you out of that secret place. Why? Why? Why does he care so much about the secret place? Because he knows that while you're there, your life will be changed and your spiritual battles will be won. 
That is why he cares. Because he knows the secret place works. If it didn't work, he wouldn't care if you went there or not. Amen? That's right. If it didn't work, he could care less. Waste your time. Go ahead. But no, he knows it works. He knows that when you get in the secret place, God can deal with you and God can work with you and you can spend time with Him and that your life will change. And the devil doesn't want that and so he will do everything he can to bring everything against you in that secret place. The devil has a roaring lion is out there seeking whom he may devour. We saw here in verses, uh, Psalm 91, verse 3. Let's read again. We'll go down to verse 6. Look at the, look what the Bible says. He says, Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night nor the arrow that flieth by day nor in the pestilence that walketh in the darkness nor the destruction that wasteth at noonday. He says He will deliver you from the snare of the fowler. You know what the snare is, right? You know what a snare is. It's a trap. It's a trap. And He says, look, in the secret place, you can be delivered from the snare. You can be delivered from the traps of the fowler. Now the fowler would be the bird catcher that is after the bird. And we would associate that with the devil. The devil who is after you. And God says, look, when you get into that secret place, when you get into that secret place, man, I will keep you away from those traps and those things that the devil has set for you. What is the fowler going to do the, to the fowl that he catches? Why, he's going to kill it, ain't he? Why else would he have it there? That's exactly what the devil wants to do in your life. He's setting traps in your life for you to fall in because He wants to trap you, He wants to ensnare you, and He wants to destroy you. And God says, look, if you'll get in that secret place, if you'll get in that secret place with me, I can keep you from those things in your life. Then we go on down and He says, we see the noisome pestilence. And you say, what in the world is the noisome pestilence? Well, the noisome pestilence there had the idea of an engulfing ruin of destruction. That's what the noisome pestilence was. Had an idea of, a, of an engulfing life that was uh, of, 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 of ruin that was coming in somebody's life. An engulfing ruin. And that is exactly what the devil tries to bring in our life. He tries to bring an engulfing ruin about our life because he does not care about us. He could care less about you. And so what he wants to do is destroy you. He wants to set the trap and catch you and destroy your life. And God says, look, I can, set, I can save you from the traps that the devil has for you. But not only that, he says, I can save you from that noise and the pestilence. He says, I can, I can save you from that life of, of engulfing ruin that the devil wants to bring against you in your life. He says, I can save you from that in the secret place. And if you'll come to the secret place, if you'll come to the secret place, I can save you from these things. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, the Bible says that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. 2 Corinthians 10.4 So in the secret place, we not only find security and deliverance from other things, but we can find security and deliverance, we can find deliverance from the strongholds that the devil has in our lives. The Bible says there in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Let me ask you this this morning. What is, what is your weapon? What is your weapon? The sword of God, right? That's what the Bible calls this. It calls this, uh, the, the Bible calls itself the sword. God said this is the sword of the Spirit. This is the sword of God. And with this, Ephesians chapter 6 we see that we use this to wield against our spiritual enemy. And the Bible says, our weapons are not carnal. This isn't a carnal book. This isn't a worldly book. This is a spiritual book. This was delivered from God Himself, handwritten by God, inspired by God. 
And God says, look, this is my word. And if you'll take my word, if you'll take the sword of the Spirit, and you'll use it in your life, then you can bring down strongholds that the devil has in your life. Whatever it is. All of us here this morning, I'm sure, can think of some sort of stronghold that maybe the devil has in our life. Whatever it is. We all have them. The devil has made a beachhead in all, in all our lives in, 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 to some degree in some area. And God says, look, if you'll take the Word of God, if you'll take the Word of God, if you'll take the sword of the Spirit, and you'll use it, it'll pull down those strongholds that you have in your life. Pull down those strongholds that you have in your life. And when we get here, you know where we're going? To the secret place. We're going to the secret place. Going to the secret place. Verse 4. He says, He shall cover thee with His feathers, and under His wings shalt thou trust, and His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Let's look at verse 7. Notice what He says. Psalm 91 verse 7. He says, A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. The third thing we're going to see that we find in the secret place is we find strength in the secret place. We find strength in the secret place. The Bible says in the midst of God's deliverance and protection, the believer can find strength. The believer goes to the secret place or the pavilion of God to be what? Strengthened in his spirit and to be delivered in his time of trouble. And it is in that secret place that the believer is able to grow, the believer is able to develop, the believer is able to become a mature Christian man, a mature Christian woman in the secret place. And when the believer is in the secret place, I believe with all of my heart that the devil and all of hell trembles because the devil knows the power of the believer in the secret place. And when the believer enters the secret place of God, I believe there is a war that rages all around us. And the Bible says there, when you're in the secret place, he says there in verse 7, he says, a thousand shall fall at thy side. Why would a thousand fall at my side? Because I'm in the secret place and God is protecting me and He is delivering me from all that come against me. From all that come against me. And so it says, look, in the secret place, a thousand will fall at your side. He said 10,000 will fall at your right hand. That shows the power and the might of God when you are in the secret place. And then we'll close here with Psalm 27. Notice what he says there in verse 5. He says, For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret of his tabernacle. Shall he hide me? And then what's going to happen? After he's there, what happens to him? After he spends time in God's pavilion, after he spends time in the secret place of the tabernacle, what happens? He's set, he shall set me up upon a rock. He says, look, after you spend time with God, you know what's going to happen? You're going to be strengthened in your spiritual life. You can be strengthened in your spiritual life. And so that's one of the things that we find in the secret place. Man, we find security, we find deliverance, and we find strength. You don't go to the secret place, you know what's going to happen? You don't spend time with God, you know what's going to happen in your spiritual life? You're going to fall by the wayside. You don't, you don't spend time with God, you don't, you don't spend time in church, you don't spend time with God, you know what's going to happen to you? The same thing that happened to me. You're not going to be worried about it. You're not going to care no more. It's, it's not going to be a big thing in your life. Same thing happened to me as well. And the same thing can happen to any single one of us here this morning. Spend time in the secret place. Spend time in the secret place. Because when we are in the secret place, we find strength and God says, look, I can lift you up on the rock. When you are in the secret place, I can help you and I can deliver you. And I can strengthen you and I can set you up on the rock. Man, I can take you from a, a place of ruin and I can take you out of that. Man, I can set you on something that is stable. In the rock, stable. Yeah, that's where we set up the rock. That's where the Lord Jesus, He's the rock, man. He is stable and He is strength. 
And he says, look, I can take you out of that and I can set you up, I can, I can give you a life, I can take you out of this and I can give you a life that is more stable. I can give you a life that is strengthened. Man, I can give you this kind of life if you'll just get into the secret place. If you'll just get into the secret place. That's why the devil doesn't want you there because he knows that once you go there and you spend time there that when your life starts changing, the devil doesn't want you to have a strengthened life. He doesn't want your life to be stable. Man, the devil wants your life to be chaotic. He wants it to be ruined. He wants it to be destroyed. He wants all that. But if you're getting to the secret place, God says, look, I can take you out of that and I can put you up on that rock. Man, I'll put you on that rock. Last verse, verse 6. Look what he says. He says, and now, and now shall mine head be lifted up above my enemies round about me. Check that out. Man, I get into the secret place and you know what happens? Man, now that I'm here, man, God has given me the strength and the stability that I need in my life. Now you know what I can do? Oh, brother, I can lift my head up above my enemies because now I am stronger than them through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. Man, what a great thing it is to know that we have this, this power through the Holy Spirit of God that, that, is, that can work in us and strengthen and empower our lives. And he says, man, when I'm in that secret place, when I'm in God's pavilion, oh, God has taken me and he put me and he set me up on that rock. And now that I've been on that rock, man, God, now, now that God's put me there, he says, now I can lift up my head above my enemies. I understand this morning, the secret place has a lot to offer. And that's why the devil doesn't want you there. And I know sometimes it's hard for us to get into that secret place. Let me tell you something. If we're too busy... To get into the secret place, we're too busy. That's just all there is to it. Strive to make time for the secret place because there's a lot you can get. Thank you. Every head bowed and every eye closed.